episode 425 of your fifth favorite pinball podcast. My name is Orbital Albert, and this was an episode I never, ever, ever wanted to do. And I definitely don't want to do it now because I've already had to do it once. But for some reason or another, after I uploaded the episode the first time, the entire half an hour, it cut down to only six minutes. So if for some reason, you're one of the people who may have auto-recorded it before it deleted, and you're wondering what happened. I apologize. I don't know what happened. It fully recorded the whole half an hour, and then when I uploaded it, it only had six minutes, and Glenn's awesome uh, song at the start. So, all right. Maybe I'll go off topic less. Maybe second time through will be more interesting. I'm probably going to be less caring and compassionate, though, because I'm annoyed about talking about this already. So... I have, like many of you, have been going through these seven stages of grief with Papa and Pimberg and replay effects being canceled or changed or what have you. Originally, when I found out, I had been brewing mead for like six or seven hours or whatever, and I didn't even I didn't even hear about it till I was basically exhausted, falling asleep, going to bed, and I couldn't even believe what I was reading. Of course, Google will tell us that the first stage of grief is shock and denial. And this is the state of disbelief and numbed feelings. And wow, I, I was almost like, I, I didn't cry, but I was like almost tearing up. Like I could feel the tears welling up in my eyes. And I was like, I know I shouldn't be shocked because, you know, COVID, but I was, I was, I was just, I was very, very, very shocked and I was upset. And I woke up several times that night, especially the next morning. I remember I got up once to go to the bathroom and I actually had to look at my phone again because I couldn't believe it was real, that Pinberg was gone. And many of you have heard me say this, other than possibly my honeymoon, that was the best time I've ever had in my life was going to Pinberg. Um, no, not even, you know, in, in Holland, believe it or not, in Europe did it, you know, in Amsterdam. And you'd think in Amsterdam I'd have a better time than... Pinberg, I had a great time in Amsterdam. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't quite as good. Um, and uh, if Drop Target Danielle wasn't two rooms away, I might even say that I had a better time at Pinberg than my honeymoon. But it's give or take. They're different types of different of fun times, right? So next, I started having pain and guilt. I think a lot of this, you know, a lot of us have gone through this or are going through this because everyone's going to go through the stages differently. So not only do I want to send out my condolences to Doug and Elizabeth and Kevin and everyone, you know, at Papa and Replay Effects, and I am glad to hear, by the way, I'm glad to hear they're going to stay around in some way, shape, or form. I'd like to see them live stream in the future. But my heart goes out to not only every one of you guys, but everyone who ever played at Pimberg and everyone who Pimberg meant as much to them as it did to me. And I suspect that's probably the th everyone who's ever got to play Pimberg, you know, the thousand people who played I will take this little tidbit. It was nice that I got to play in the very last. It was nice that I got to play in one Pinberg before it was done. I only got one, which sucks. Some good news for, I will take out of it for me. A tiny little glimmer of hope is that I did get to. Uh, I, I'm my batting average is 100 percent for going for a division. That will be true forever. Um, 
you know, and there's some really good players. Like I know even Lyman Sheets, Jack Danger, uh, Joe Stanzik, Mike Dimas, Marty Robbins. There's some really, really incredible players that are way, way, all those players are way better than me. And they all didn't even make it to a last, you know, the final year. So, you know, I at least have that. That's nice. But, and I do hope that Pimberg will slowly grow or come back and Papa will be involved in one way or another. Because there's just so many skilled, wonderful, kind, you know, volunteers and people who work in the organization who have already figured out how to do it right. Pimberg was not just the largest pinball tournament in the world, but it was the one done the best. I mean, the things with, you know, lighting a thing at the end of the row for your tech to come to and just, oh my God, just everything. Everything was just done perfect at Pimberg and we're not going to see that again. So going through my stages, I next went through anger and bargaining and I was angry. I was mad. I was like, what the frig pinball community? How could we let, how could we lose Pinberg? How could we lose our, well, as I was going to call it, um, you know, our Stanley cup for lack of a better, you know, uh, hockey analogy. And I know that Mr. Christopher Franchi did mention that on the super awesome pinball show special report with Dr. Pin. They were kind enough, and thank you so much, Dr. Penn and Franchi. But not thank you to the washing machine dryer thing that's going off. Um, Mr. Christopher Franchi uh, was awesome enough, I'm assuming, and, and Dr. Penn, to get Josh Sharp, the head of Stern Marketing, and Zach Sharp, uh, the, the head of the uh, International Flipper Pinball Association, to come in and talk about what Pinberg meant to them and with it closing and going down. And what... Christopher Franchi had said was it's basically like losing the Super Bowl or in my case, cause I'm Canadian, you know, he, he had mentioned the Stanley cup as well. And that really is ours. Now there is some good things that will come out of this. And I am planning that podcast to come out for top three of Orby for Orby on TPN this week, but tomorrow I'm excited to announce to you, Mr. Christopher Franchi, artist extraordinaire, super awesome pinball show, uh, you know, sh- prime primary showrunner, I believe. I think he does most of the editing and stuff like that. Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming he books most of the people on there. I don't know, but, uh, I was never able to get on to co-host Saps. So now finally, all of the listeners, you're going to get a little taste of what it may have been like if I got to, you know, back when I volunteered to be a host and I didn't think I would get chosen for Saps cause I'm just a little guy talking into a phone. Hell last week, one of my shows had like 80 listens after a day. And Super Awesome Pinball Show, probably their worst show, gets 1,800 listens. I have no clue, but they're like, you know, 150 million times bigger than me. They they book people like George Gomez, who I would be so nervous to talk to, I would be shatsing in my drawers, right? So, like, I'm actually shatsing in my drawers just to get to speak to Franchi tomorrow, because although... I got to call into a flipping out stream and he, I've heard him call in and I've got to see him talk lots and he's heard me talk lots and I've chatted with him, like chatted, like typed into chat on Facebook with him lots. I've never actually talked to him on the phone. And for that, Franchi, I feel bad. The good news is you guys are going to get to be a fly in the wall. What I will tell you is I'm not going to be talking about no freaking origin story. People are sick. I don't want to, I don't want to hear about that. I guess if you're, you've never been on pinball podcast, but he's been on so many, I'm going to be asking him some questions that you've never heard been asked on any pinball podcast and certainly never been heard asked to Franchi ever before. That's exciting. If you get a question into me and it's interesting or exciting enough, you know how, how to get a hold of me. Pinball nerds, uh, podcast Facebook page. 
Um, I'll try to remember to check that. If not, just send it to me personally under Albert Agar if you have me on Facebook. And then if not, try to send it to pinballnerds at gmail.com in case you don't have Facebook. Um, and I will try to check all of those tomorrow before I get them on there. But I might be so nervous I could forget. I don't know. I'll try. But they better be interesting, unique, and creative questions or else I'm not going to ask them. Don't be like, what's your favorite pinball machine? You know what I mean? Like, okay, that's actually a good one. Hold on. Let me write that down. There we go. Okay, so very excited for that. Uh, I still have Drew and Ian there on the, uh, they're next up on there. With Actually, in fact, if they were to call me right now and say, I want to be interviewed right now, they would get to go today. Um, I would interview Drew and Ian and Franchi all together. I think that would be cool. It would be our little mini, uh, you know, poor man's tribe clusterfuck. Actually, ooh, that's a good idea. Drew and Ian, you should probably do that. That would be rad if you had, you know, a good chunk of all of the, uh, the the poor man's guys calling in at once it'd be hard to organize but slam tilt did it shout out uh bruce and ron from slam tilt figured it out that was an awesome show by the way um but let's get back to what we're here to talk about i was so distraught when i heard about it happening i went through anger and eventually i got to bargaining and at bargaining i kept thinking couldn't we all crowdfund enough money so that we could save this or maybe i would do something crazy like message carl d'angelo and be like Please, 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 if we could gather up enough money, could you please purchase the entire collection whole so that instead of Indisc, you could, or you could run Indisc, and then in the other half of the year, you could run Pimberg. And then I'm like, whoa, Carl D'Angelo is already super busy and already does way more than enough for pinball. So then I was like, oh, well, maybe, you know, and I went through all these. Then I really, I got depressed. Like I got, and this is my, I'm trying to do one month without alcohol. I'm trying to do it. I'm at three weeks in one day as it's the 22nd now. I haven't had a drink since Halloween because I had a little too much then. So I'm trying to give myself a little slap on the wrist, you bad boy, for, you know, partying a little too hard and uh, not being the most awesome dude ever. So I want to be more rad and how I can be more rad is learning how to control my drinking better. And if I get myself in trouble, um, anyways, gone off the rails here. I almost had a beer is what I'm saying, but I didn't. Because if you're depressed, probably having alcohol is maybe one of the worst things to do. Uh, I believe it's a depressant and it's also will cause you to have mood swings and can cause your immune system to be lower. And it's just uh, overall, you don't want to deal with depression by, you know, overdoing it with any type of uh, thing like that. So anyways, that being said, I'm not going to lie. I have probably been hitting the vape a little more often than usual. All right. The next one is the upturn. Well, the upward turn probably wouldn't have happened, maybe not even yet, as this is pretty fresh, until I heard two days ago that they were selling off the inventory and the list was there. So I went and got my Excel uh, you know, spreadsheet, looked all the way through it, but I thought, you better message these guys quickly if you want these machines. You've got to find two machines that you can get fairly easily, fairly quickly, that aren't going to be super high demand and that you can afford. So I originally picked. Hang Glider, awesome EM I got to play at Pemberg, this exact machine, obviously, uh, with Greg Pavarelli. Almost beat him. I think he came back in the last ball and, and beat me. It's a long time ago, hard to remember. But um, love that machine, like the flow, like the artwork, don't mind the sounds. And I really, really, really wanted uh, Roller Disco, which is a roller derby-themed game with incredible artwork. It's also a wide body. It's got awesome sounds and music. And it, 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 it's not definitely not super flowy. 
But those were two on my list. And those were the first two that I knew out of the gate I would want. And they were the first two I saw that I knew I could afford. So I messaged them immediately thinking I would get both. And two days later or a day and a half or however long it was, uh, and I'm not, I'm not mad at Doug or, or disappointed or anything. I'm sure they got hundreds, if not thousands of emails about games. But I found out like last night at like midnight that I didn't get either of those. So this morning I went through the entire list. I spent about two hours watching videos. They were down to like 190 machines with the new uh, updated Excel spreadsheet. And I picked the 14 machines of all of them that I would really, really, really like to buy. And let's go through those now. Now, the, I'm going to go through the 12 that weren't included in there. And I actually think I want all of these maybe worse. I actually think I do want all of, I would say 10 of these, 10 of these I want worse than Hang Glider. And I would say seven of them, eight of them, I want more than I even wanted uh, to get roller games. So here we go. Or sorry, to get uh, Roller Disco. So as many of you know, Drop Target Danielle, long before she was Drop Target Danielle, was Hermione Danger. She was part of the Four City Der Derby Girls team, <clears throat> or at least the, the amateur one or the newer one, not like the traveling professional one. Uh, she also did lots of scoring there. Hermione Danger was her name because she loves Harry Potter even more than I do. And uh, anyways... Roller Games is number one on this list. I like the artwork, but don't love it. I love the music. I like the shots. I like the gameplay. Don't love it. It's not super deep. When you go watch Bowen play this uh, this actual machine on his puppet tutorial, you'll see, um, you'll see that uh, you'll you'll see that he basically goes for multiball a lot. Like going for the other stuff's not that lucrative. So it is kind of a one-trick pony, but it's a fun-trick pony, and it's one of the first machines that I remember seeing with a magnet that holds the ball right in front of the flipper to, so that you can three, two, one, flip now. So overall, I think that because you know it's drop target Danielle approved, and because it's a pretty fun game, and it has really cool wire forms, and it has decent art, like it's overall the winner. There was nothing I didn't like about it. The next one I actually like the artwork of quite a bit better. And I think the gameplay, the gameplay would be more interesting, but not as flowy. Like it's a lot more stop and go and a lot more clunky and a, a lot more difficult shots. And this game kicked my butt. I did get to play this game, this actual game, because there's two roller games. I will take whichever they want to give me. But I did tell Doug in my email, I would prefer to have whichever roller games has been played the most at Pemberg. I don't want the one that's working the best. I don't want the one that's the most pretty. I don't want the one that has the highest value. The one that I want is the one that, you know, Keith Elwin played, that, um, you know, Bo and Karen's played, that Raymond Davidson played, that uh, Asher Lefkoff played, uh, Tim Sexton played, you know, that everybody played over all these years. That's the one that I want. I don't know if they rotated them out year to year or that's what I want. That's the one I want. I want these games for history more than I want them necessarily for themselves. But each and every one of these games I would purchase on their own merits, especially at these prices. For where I live on the east coast of Canada, <clears throat> starting to lose my friggin' voice because I'm recording this podcast for the second time. But anyways, let's move forward in our list of the 14 pins that I would really like to buy. All right. So next on this list, number two is Escape from the Lost World. So Escape from the Lost World has, like I was saying, it has this one shot with a flipper where you have to go across a metal thing at the top. 
And it is a four flipper game, which I love four flipper games. Uh, roller games, of course, only a three, but uh, there's lots to do. It, it's more of a stop and go. I like the sounds. I love the light show. The light show is neat. I, what I really love, and even uh, Danielle was saying when we watched the video, was that it's got all these kind of sculpts all the way around because it's like a dinosaur themed. And I think this will look great beside a Jurassic Park Pro. So don't tell Drop Target Danielle, but I'm sort of kind of rooting. Fingers crossed, knocking on me wood, knocking on me woods over there. Uh, really, really, really wanting to get uh, Escape from the Lost World. In an ideal, in an ideal world, I probably wouldn't get both of these because they're both like two grand, and it's a little more than I was wanting to spend. But several on this list are a little bit less than this. So, all right, next on the list is Electra. Electra is probably my favorite art of all of them. Yeah, it's my favorite art of all of them. Um, it's got a really cool little mini play, playing field with a horseshoe loop. Um, you know, it's not as cool as the Munsters mini play field, speaking of Franchi, but uh, it's cool. It's cool. It's fun. It's it, it's neat. It's fairly rare. I haven't seen them around a lot. I don't love the sound on it as much as some of the other shows, but I, or games, but I don't hate it. It's It's got six flippers. Oh my God. So that and like, now, the cat's out of the bag a little bit. I would really, really, really one day like to start a pinball museum. Um, whether that be, you know, the River Hibbert Pinball Museum, the Amherst Pinball Museum, the East Coast of Canada Pinball Museum, or possibly even the Canadian Pinball Museum. Um, the only reason I'm telling you, the listener, is because last night I did mention this. I called in to Brad Hopkins, a fellow tribe member, Brad Hopkins, a good friend of mine from Lopal as well. His pinball channel is Underground Pinball. And go over there and like, subscribe, hang out. He's he's on like seven days in a row of live streaming on this big kick. So make sure you go check him out. Um, really nice guy, really good pinball player, great at interacting with the chat. And he got, he had the idea that I would call in. And when I called in, I explained that someday at some point, I would maybe like to start a pinball museum. At the very bare minimum, have a miniature little pinball arcade or a cafe with at the very bare minimum, three or four pins. Enough to have a small little league, maybe, and that kind of thing. <clears throat> so can you imagine how incredible it would be to have any of these machines in there, right? So uh, that's part of the reason why I want at least one, if not two, of these machines. And I've got, like, I'm ready to use my credit card if I have to to do this. I'm ready to sell some stocks. Uh, I recently just sold uh, Shopify. I only made, like, less than 100 bucks on it, unfortunately, because I didn't sell it closer to 1500 But... That's neither here nor there. I will do, I will sell blood. I'll, I'll sell myself to the night. I'll do whatever I have to do. I really would like to get a couple of these games. So fingers crossed, I get one of the two roller games that was still left because I got that message out the, the, the second I could. Uh, if not, Escape from Lost World, Electra, or number four, Game Show. Now, Game Show does not have the nicest art package of all these. People would argue it has the worst art package. Uh, I like the backlash, but the rest of the art is blah. The playfield art is very meh. Especially for a game made in 1990, I, I think this would also be great at a pinball museum because I believe it was right near, the, it was either the last, like, Williams game or near the very end of the, whatever that, you know, the Bally Williams collective, whatever they were by then. And wow, this is this is what killed it. It has sounds very close to Funhouse, but it's got a ramp right in the middle that's way too big and way too simple to shoot. It sounds like the code is very shallow. I saw someone get to the mini wizard or wizard mode, the 
showcase showdown, so to speak, or whatever it was. It's all about game shows, which I kind of like the game show theme, the idea of it. Um, it's got some stuff going on. It's, ah, I hate the sound. If I ever get this, I'll have the sound very low. The reason why this was so high up on this list is because Owen in particular said he thought he would enjoy the gameplay on this. He and and both Owen and Hayden would probably enjoy the 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 gameplay on game show slightly more than the other games because it's it's a bit deeper because it is a 1990 game. <clears throat> but also it seemed to me pretty shallow like you could get through it quickly. It does have a couple ramps which is nice. I do like how the balls return to the flippers. That's neat. But if I don't get game show, I'm not going to be crying about it. Okay. Number five on my top 12 that I'm hoping to get since I couldn't get the other two is Tag Team. Now, Tag Team has way, way, way less to do, uh, do on it and far more shallow code because it's far older than Game Show. But it was one of the first machines, if not the first machine, to ever have a co-op mode. So I believe you could play as player one and player three would, as you can imagine, tag, tag team up with player two and player four, or one and two or three and four, something like that, and then it would add up the scores. Now, you can also just play it as a regular game. Now, why a lot of people don't like this game is because of the off-center flippers. People, people off-center flippers just, like, break people's brains. It does break my brain a little bit, but I can get used to it. Um, uh, Peace, or Peace Man Nick, as he goes by on Facebook, he owns Spy Hunter, which is an off-center game, and actually, after I played it for about 10 minutes straight with him, him and I, uh, at Pemberg last year, surprise, surprise. And his awesome partner, uh, she also volunteers there for replay effects and, and Pemberg and volunteers. So th thank you to both of them for how much they've, they did for me last year and how much they also do for Pemberg and the whole community there in Pittsburgh. So just wanted to, I had to say that as well, because all the volunteers just blow my mind how awesome they've been at, at Pemberg. But I digress. Tag Team has a really cool, like, you have to lock the balls in three different spots. Um, it has a really cool upper left flipper, and this upper left flipper actually is, it's aimed the same way all other flippers are, and I've never seen a pinball machine like that with one upper flipper. So you can actually shoot the ball straight directly up from it. So 99% of the time, like on roller games and even on uh, Escape from the Lost World, and a lot of these other games, if there's an upper flipper, it kind of makes the ball go more left to right and shoots across the field. But this upper flipper can shoot the ball like almost straight up and you have to, to get it into the one little area. So I just love the gameplay of this. It doesn't have a right out lane, which is kind of weird. The left out lane is also strange. Um, I don't think I'd like the gameplay of any of them, but the fact that it's rare, there's only 800. I do like the art. I don't love it per se, but I like the art. It's kind of like 80s, 90s Mexican wrestling theme. Um, yeah, like the sound on it, it's fine. It's not like incredible, but it's also very rare. And I think that would go well with a museum in the future. I also think it'd just be a really fun game to have in leagues and tournaments because I want to do tournaments here at my house on the homestead long before I even start doing, you know, thinking about opening any type of small pinball museum or something like that. But number six is Spy Hunter. So Spy Hunter is one of these things, I like the art, but I don't love the art. I mean, it's better than, the than uh, you know, the play field on the game show or something like that. I I was just talking about Spy Hunter with Peace Man Nick. I've got to play it before. Um, I like the gameplay, but I don't love it. I like the upper flipper. Um, I like I like a lot of it, but, but I like the sound. I like the gameplay. I like the art, 
but I don't love any of it. So it was, it kind of reminds me of roller games that it makes this list not because I love any one particular aspect of it, but more so because I don't hate any aspect of it. And I can never buy a machine if I absolutely hate the art. Well, I could probably buy Game Show even though I don't, I don't love the art on the playfield, but I really do like the art on the back glass. I wonder if that was two different artists. Um, number seven on this list is Ice Fever. That's right. If I, as a Canadian, if I don't add at least one hockey themed or maple syrup themed pinball machine on any of these lists, guys, they revoke my Canadian uh, uh, passport. What happens is uh, David Dennis just comes over here from Silverball Chronicles, comes all the way from Fredericton. It's like a three hour drive, comes all the way here. He throws me into the now empty cab of Simpsons Pinball Party and hides it in the trunk, then drives me uh, to the border, and then he puts a pinside post up that says, here is Simpsons Pinball Party, uh, may or may not be working, haven't plugged it in for a while, uh, it's $10 for the first person who comes and gets it. Then uh, 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 you know, a very excited pinsider rushes there, picks me up, and then boom, I'm, I'm stuck in the United States. Sorry, America, you're stuck with me. You're stuck with me. I'm sorry. Just kidding. Uh, I would love to go to the States. I'm. I, it's kind of weird. When you tell someone they can't do something, they want to do it. You know, it's like, oh, you can't go shopping. Oh, you want to go shopping. Oh, you can't go to the United States. You want to go to the United States. Oh, you can't go to Pemberg. Now you really want to go to Pemberg more than anything on earth. So Ice Fever is a hockey-themed game that I got to play in competition at the Intergalactic Tournament uh, last year, which is the second largest pinball tournament on the planet, which hopefully that one's not gone as well, but it might be. I don't know how much the Intergalactic Tournament has to do with replay effects or Pinburg, but I think they're so intertwined that that's probably now gone as well. So, oh, now I'm just depressing myself more. Ice Fever has this really rad feature with three drop-down targets, and if you knock down all three drop-down targets, you can hit the captive ball. And then there's also going in behind that is kind of like the orbit, you know, Orbital Albert's going to love that, with a neat weird flipper mech, which I think you use. A, I don't know how you get that flipper mech to work. I can't remember. And the video, I, I only quickly was watching the video for like 20 seconds before I was messaging Doug because I wanted to make sure I could get myself at least one of these, if not two of these, possibly three if it's these lesser, if it's more like the $1,000 machines, I might go for three of them. But again, it depends on how many are left. Now, at the end of this podcast, I'm going to hit the enter button and refresh and see if any of these are, you know, if, if I get a response yet from Doug. Please, 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 pinball gods, please, pinball gods, let me get one of these bad boys. All right, Ice Fever, what's next on the list? Xenon, one of the first, if not the first machine with a ramp, sort of, or at least that type of ramp. Um really cool backlash. This Xenon not only has rad art, but it has by far the be best backlash of any of these. And perhaps, you know, the endless mirrored Xenon backlash is perhaps the best pinball backlash. Um, I don't know. There's a game called Far Out that they're selling for $10,000. That's still available, I believe, uh, through replay effects. That backlash might be slightly better in my opinion. Um, but what do I know? I'm going to have to ask Mr. Christopher Franchi tomorrow because he is artist extraordinaire. I'm most I'm so excited to ask him about art. I will ask him about saps and stuff too, but I'm most excited to talk to him about art and just really shoot the shots with him and talk to him about just like even maybe non-pinball stuff too, right? Like screw origin stories. We don't need to do that anymore. Like I'm, you know, everyone knows that about Franchi and most people. I want to really, I, I just want to have fun and talk to him. I'm excited to talk to Franchi finally. All right, number nine on this list is Laser Q. 
That's right. Drew and Ian from the Poor Men's Pinball Podcast, who hopefully I'm still getting to have on the next few weeks. Um, maybe perhaps after Franchi, if, if uh, Drew and Ian and I can all find a time that works for us. Um, and I still hope they go through the friggin' like drive through at Taco Bell and order a chalupa and yell at the person for the chalupa sucking or something. Maybe I get Franchi to do that. I guess he was the one who originally did it, right? So, but I, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Well, let's do one interview at a time, right? But they love Laser Q, and I really like Laser Q, and I think especially for that price, I would be proud to have it and put it in part of my collection, especially knowing it came from Pemberg. All right, next on this list is Volcano. Now, Volcano is where we start to get into the territory where, like, I will buy Volcano maybe, but only if, like, the other nine, I can't get any of them. You know what I mean? Like, it's pretty far back on this list. I'm not going to lie. Volcano's okay. It kind of has sounds that remind me of Flash Gordon, but I didn't love the sound. I didn't love the gameplay, but it looked okay. I did. I do like the theme, and I do think it's actually, like, kind of cool. Hayden absolutely, uh, hurry up, Hayden, my oldest son, absolutely loves Volcanoes. And uh, one of our products right now that we're getting ready for our big Black Friday sale here at the Hummingbird Homestead is Hayden's Lava Juice, which is his... Uh, that's what he calls his hot sauce, which is one of our favorite things. We've also got Owen's Dills will give you thrills. Albert's awesome applesauce. Danielle's best damn jam. Um, we have Egbert's eggs, but those will not be for sale. I only have four of those left. What I did is I did uh, my famous deviled eggs recipe, but I pickled the eggs after. <laughs> A little bit weird. That's just for fun. That was for me to get rid of like five dozen eggs that we hadn't sold before they were going to start to turn or whatever, which... Eggs, really natural eggs that have never had the coating washed off them typically don't ever really go bad. But uh, anyways, th that's just for fun. That's going to family and friends. If you do live in Canada, you might be able to purchase one of these if you're wanting to do it. You'll you know follow me on Facebook. You can add Hummingbird Homestead or Angry Alpaca, our tea company. It's also going to have three different teas. It's going to have two different candles. It's going to have it's basically the one of everything pack from Hummingbird Homestead. But that's next week. That is uh, not what we're here to talk about today. Here we got to go through the last two pinball machines that I wanted to get, which would be Middle Earth or Bandwagon. I'm not going to be able to get either of those. I will tell you one thing that when I found out Pemberg was being canceled, I was blue, just like the Blue Album from Weezer. I felt like the world had turned and left me here. But if I could get just one of these machines, I would go back to eating, sleeping, and breathing Pinberg pinball. 